0: You know what the math teacher found odd? Numbers you can't divide by two. Hey, y'all, I'm Wesley, and we're back again. And boy, am I excited about the episode that we have today. Today, we're talking about the impact of black educators on education. This is a story that is near and dear to me for a couple reasons. First of all, I was a student that grew up in a school district with very few black educators. I was really surprised to know that this is not just a problem that was in my own district, but it's all over the nation. Let's jump in. So let's talk about why this really is an issue. Because some people might say, what does it matter? If you're a good teacher, you're a good teacher. And that is partly true too, I believe. However, it is important because representation is important to our students. It actually confirms stereotypes if all of their teachers are white, then they actually do believe that smart people are white or teachers are only white. And so what I have began to see is that I personally did not have those preconceived notions because I had two aunts that were teachers. One taught uh, fifth grade, the other taught middle school. And so I didn't have those preconceived notions. And so I didn't realize that other children of color did until I started teaching. So when I started teaching, my students treated me as if I was just a wonder partly because i was a male teacher but a large part of that was because i was black i didn't know that it meant so much to our low-income students of color to see someone like me standing in front of the classroom it was absolutely amazing to see their awe and the things that i could get them to do because of their inspiration that they got from me was actually incredible and some of the other teachers recognized it, and they would say, I can't get that kid to react to me that way. So that camaraderie, I guess, that those students get from seeing someone like them. Look, we know this is important outside of teachers. We try to make sure that our daughter has baby dolls that look like her so that she won't grow up thinking that white skin is the only pretty skin or straight hair is the only pretty hair. So how much more when it comes to something like education? So you check the show notes. We have lots of articles this week and all of these articles, most of them come from educationpost.org and they are on this exact subject. So one of the articles that I found called Black Principle Matters has really important statistics in it. So as I said before, I did not know that this problem that I had in my rural district in Georgia was actually nationwide. Because this article has in it that nationwide, there are only 10% of our principals are black. Only 10%. And nationwide, the average of African-American teachers is only 7%. Check it out. It's called Black Principles Matter and is written by a Dr. Meredith Anderson. So I remember being in high school and one of our assistant principals was a teacher. She taught a a future educators class. And I remember some of the students asking her, why in this high school out of, you know, 50, 60 something teachers, maybe not that many, maybe 40 or 50. It was a pretty small, like I said, rural county. Why are only two teachers black and one of them being the PE teacher? And I remember her saying, well, it's not our fault. We, we want black teachers. They just don't apply here because we're not near a big city. And young black educators want to be near more urban areas. This is literally what she said, which might have been feedback that she received. But even in 11th and 12th grade, I remember students asking very important questions. They said, well, what have you done to try to attract them to our school? Because we know that if you just put up a sign, so to speak, in a predominantly white county that says we're hiring, that probably isn't going to be enough to attract black educators. You have to be proactive in trying to get them. And that was from the minds of 11th and 12th graders. So what this article goes further into, um, it, it said, and I'll quote it, research shows that schools with more black principals have higher percentage of black teachers. They have increased student performance and increased enrollment of black students in gifted programs. Okay, so black principals translate to more black teachers. My own experience also confirms that because I was hired by black administrators. And I have to say, I have to say that all the places where I was denied, they were white administrators, not meaning that that was the reason. But I and let me give a little bit more about my story and getting into education. I actually went through an alternative program, so I did not get a, a degree in education. My degree was just English, a bachelor's of English. And so it took a little bit more work, a little bit more paperwork, a little bit more mentorship. But anyone could have hired me. And one principal after the next said it's not worth the work to hire you. They saw that I had what it took. They said it's not worth the work. So to tell the full story, though, I was actually interviewed by an instructional coach who was a white woman who referred me to the principal. And She said, I think this is a good candidate um, in the interview. And so that is not to say that white administrators can't be dedicated to equality and equity. We know that. But the statistics don't lie. A higher percentage of black teachers come from when you have more black principals. However, as one article pointed out, it's kind of a chicken or the egg dilemma because how are you going to get more black principals without more black teachers? They black teachers are in the pipeline to become administrators. So that's very interesting. I think it's fascinating to notice that increased student performance even comes from more black teachers. That goes back to what I said before about them being inspired to learn because someone in front of the class Looks like them, right? So I have to say this too. There's a new term, excuse me, it was new to me. Lots of terms are new to me. I'm not the most well read person. I'm not going to pretend like I am. I'm trying to be. This term was new to me. It's called the belief gap. So all the years that I was teaching, I heard about the achievement gap. Every teacher probably knows what the achievement gap is. It is literally the gap between the students of color or students from poor backgrounds, why are they not performing as well as more fluent or white students and or white students? Well, the belief gap shows that we believe black students will perform lower or or must perform lower. That when you poll or ask, you know, what what do you think the Possibility of this student to perform high on a test. It is consistently lower when you're asking about black students. So we're gonna lower the belief gap or narrow the belief gap with black teachers. Statistics show that black teachers believe that their black students can perform higher than say white teachers with those biases. Which brings us to our next article written by a white teacher Her name is Sydney Chaffee, I think is how you say that. She was the 2017 National Teacher of the Year. Um, And so she said that she realized that she had those biases. She would have never thought so, but she had to admit it. And this is the story she told. And I quote, I noticed a few years ago when I got that itchy teacher feeling that told me one of my assignments just wasn't working. I'd asked kids to write an essay, and the results were formulaic and uninspired. It was my fault, though. I had taught them to write that way. Their essays were a symptom of my lower expectations of my students of color. I had allowed myself to believe that they weren't capable of more sophisticated and authentic writing. Well, praises to Sydney for recognizing that, because once you recognize it, you can fix it. But I also want to assure her that she's not alone. I believe that Black teachers can fall victim to the belief gap. We can also believe that students of certain backgrounds, whether it's Hispanics or Blacks or poor or any other minority, they have lower ability to achieve. However, it's greater when you don't share those cultural similarities. So she ends her article by saying this. Fortunately, I don't have to do this work on my own. As National Teacher of the Year, I've seen my colleagues all over the country digging into this work together, allowing ourselves to be vulnerable enough to admit, admit our own imperfections and ignorance to be messily human. So that is where I want to end us today on this segment to admit our imperfections that we all carry these biases, to realize that it affects the way we teach our students, to raise that level of challenge, to challenge our Black students just as we challenge our white students or our students that come from better means and understand that all students can learn when we believe they can learn. Thank you very much and stay tuned for our guest who is a Black educator and he's the happiest-go-lucky person that I can find on social media. <laughs> and I believe he takes this energy into his school and into the classrooms every day. And I'm really excited to hear what he thinks about the impact of Black educators on education. All right, everybody. Now, the favorite part of the episodes for me is our interview Because you don't just hear me talk, you get to hear someone else's perspective and ideas. And so I want to welcome Mortez, a teacher in Alabama, I believe, and he's going to come and talk to us about the impact that he has seen being a black educator in America. So I want to thank Mortez because he reminded me of the hecticness of a teacher's life. He thought he had to fill in for a teacher, then he didn't have to fill in, then he ran home to get here for this interview. And that is the life of the teachers. I totally understand. And so thank you for putting that extra effort in being here with us today. So, Mortez, tell us a little bit. Every school district is so different. I taught in a fairly urban district, and then I went way out into the country. And I always tell folks, that we have more cows than people in the county that I went to. So tell us about the school district that you work in and the school specifically, just some of the demographics and some of your challenges and successes of the school that you work in.
1: Well, I'm in Mobile County Public Schools in Alabama. It's a, actually a very large district. We have about 53,000 students. And the way our step set up is interesting because we have inner city, we have suburban, and we have rural. All in one district. So we have about, I think, 89 schools total. It's a very interesting aspect to have all of that mm-hmm. in one, in one district. Right. My school specifically, it's one of the largest middle schools in Alabama. Mobile County actually has both of the largest middle schools in Alabama. We have about 1,500 kids. And then our rival school also has about 1,500 kids. So we go back and forth each year. Who's the bigger one? <laughs> both schools are predominantly uh, white. The ones that I'm referring to are predominantly white. And we're out, we're rural. It's a rural area that I'm in.
0: Okay. That's interesting to hear because once you said you were in Mobile, I thought that you were going to say predominantly black, and I thought you were going to say inner city. That just shows the diversity in our school system. So, because out where I live in Georgia, the rural schools are really small. My graduating class, for example, was a little bit under 200, and that was the biggest that my county ever had. So, that's a very interesting dynamic that you just shared with us. So, that's awesome. So, being in a predominantly white school, especially, Tell us, those students, whether they be black or white, but especially your students of color, do you pick up that you being there in front of that class as a teacher, as a teacher leader, do you pick up that they can relate to you, that you being there is very important to them? I do, um,
1: especially being sixth grade, because once they get to me in sixth grade, oftentimes they haven't had a black teacher or specifically a black male teacher. That's right. So that that's oftentimes Mm -hmm. a pleasant surprise for them for the most part. And also my district, because of all our inner city schools, some have higher schools and others, we allow transfers. So oftentimes the inner city school that's 20, 30 minutes down the street, we accept transfers from those schools. So I do get to get some of the inner city kids as well. And one year specifically, two years ago, we were considered what's called a choice school. So that meant all 12 inner city middle schools were able to allow a certain amount of their kids to transfer and they bust them out. Okay. And every year, uh, middle schools rotate to be a choice school. So I do get some of the inner city kids as well. But I, I think overall, regardless of what students I have, I do think I have a big impact. First of all, I'm still young and just the black male. And oftentimes mm-hmm. it's their first time with the black males or male in general. So.
0: That's exactly right. I remember one of our students with more behavior problems. He probably had the most behavior problems in the grade. He jokingly around his friends, he called me daddy. And he was like, oh, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just kidding. And I was like, it it was weird for me because like you said, I was young, even younger. I was probably 24. And I was like, don't play with me like that. That's not even funny. But, you know, him playing like that, it showed me that, you know, that wasn't a slip up. He meant to do it. And it just showed me that what really he had in his heart is that he could connect with me. And so it really is important. I saw the same thing when I was there. So have they any of them verbalized to you? Not say, hey, I'm glad you're a black teacher. But what are some of the things that you hear them say? Like, I don't know what they call you. What are some of the um, compliments that you've heard from them? Or as they say, imitation is the best compliment. Maybe they start acting like you. <laughs> so verbal or nonverbal, how do you know that they appreciate you being there?
1: Well, in some cases, I kind of like you like, got the, the daddy thing. Like there's been times where someone would say, hey, y'all, Mr. is my daddy. Yeah, I'm like really, the stuff like that. And, uh, I think this, I think this year might have been summer school. But uh, this kid was like, "Hey, Mister boys, what we, I want some piece today. We're we gonna have peace when we get home." I'm like, "Dude," and then, <laughs> "No, you're not." Right. And I actually have one. He's threatening to kidnap me, and he's not even black. He's like, "Yo, my mom drove the wrong vehicle today. But if she would have drove the other vehicle, we was gonna kidnap you. We, me, this one, and this one came up with a plan. Yeah, it's, it's little stuff like that that, that, that that gets me. I'm like,
0: yeah." You're making me miss the classroom. So especially middle school, because those are the things that make you know that you being there matter. And so that, that's really cool. And I think one thing that we haven't explored in this conversation, but is definitely worth exploring or thinking about is your impact that you have on white students. So if any student goes from kindergarten to 12th grade only seeing or predominantly seeing white educators, then subconsciously they might think that black people don't have the capability, you know, to teach or to lead. So that was interesting for to hear you say that that wasn't even a black student that said we were going to kidnap you. And, and I had great relationships with some of my um, white students as well, especially those boys. So that's really cool to hear. So. You kind of already start hitting on this, but I wanted you to describe your relationship with your students overall. And, but I want to tie this into your Twitter personality persona because if anybody doesn't know, tell us your handle real quick. Do you remember your handle on Twitter?
1: Tiz B Teaching, T E Z B T E A C H
0: I N G. So go give them a follow and i guarantee you you will laugh almost every time he uh, tweets so do you take that persona into the classroom do you have that um kind of lighthearted personality with your students and uh, just describe how you create a positive working and learning environment teaching and learning environment with your students
1: for the most part i do i'm just thinking about sometimes when i had to i don't even know how my mind works sometimes but just thinking about sometimes when i had to wake some kids up that were sleeping and of course you know which classes you can do certain things with. Mm-hmm. So it popped up in my head to make a wake up song to Deborah Cox's How Did You Get Here. And it's like, Why are you sleeping? <laughs> and it was it's just me being silly. Um mm-hmm. and I think that just having it's important to have that balance. Yeah, we we're about business, but at the same time, we can have fun too. But it's just As long as you establish that balance and make sure they understand, okay, now we can joke a little bit, we can have a little break, but you know, now it's time to get to business. Just having a balance between the two. I think it's important that they're able to see you as a human and just a a real person who does like to laugh and have fun. Mm -hmm. But like I tell them, there's a time and a place for everything.
0: And I was just like you. I had a great relationship with them. We would joke, and then I said, All right, guys, it's time to get busy. And the switch would turn off. They would turn off that funny switch and turn on the learning switch. And And so you can have both of those relationships, that classroom without the distractions and your learning and also that part of you that, like you said, so I used to do this thing where I would tell them a weekend update, kind of like Saturday Night Live, about tell them what I did. And sometimes I had really boring weekends. I'm a fairly boring person, but they wanted to hear anything. I mean, I could say, you know, I stayed home and I don't know, whatever. And they wanted to hear about my personal life. And that was a little weird for me at first but they really want to hear about it. So I think one good thing about it that I saw was it let them outside of their own experience. It's like, oh, because I do a lot of traveling, you know, and I would show them pictures. If I went to Washington, D.C., the Smithsonian, I would show them pictures and all those things, which those are experiences that they didn't have. So do you do you share with them or is that not something you're comfortable with in that way? <laughs> so when you started saying that the first thing
1: I thought about, there was a kid I had. He just graduated in May and I had him in eighth grade. And then his brother is now in ninth grade. I just had, I had him in sixth grade. So mm-hmm. they were a couple of years apart. Mm-hmm. But one day he's, he just happened to say, hey, Mr. Barnes, my brother said, you don't like um, butter on your pancakes. And I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> just, it's just true. I don't like butter on my pancakes. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, how, y- <laughs> how y'all got to talking about my pancakes? He was like, we were, we were eating pancakes, and he was like, yeah, Mr. Barnes don't like butt on his pancakes. Wow. We all go out, because you know, they were a couple years apart, so you know, the fact that the older brother still remembered mm-hmm. it, and it was like, hey, yeah, Mr. Barnes don't like butt on his pancakes was funny to me.
0: Yeah, and then he cared enough to come and tell you.
1: Exactly, and then there was another time I told him my barber's name, and later on that year, they was like, hey, Mr. bonds how, how Mr. Josh doing? Who? Yo, I was like <laughs> 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 It's like little stuff like that, and I'm trying to think why. But I have because I, I went to Chicago um, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, I can't remember how it ties into anything. But I would always show them the the Willis Tower or the Sears Tower, mm-hmm. and I would show them like the little the ledge that you can walk out on. And I was just telling them how I went up. I wouldn't go on the ledge, but it's probably when I started talking about the fact that I don't like heights. But I'll show them how I went up in you know the top of this building. And I show mm-hmm. them the edge, and I'll show them all that stuff. So yeah, so yeah, I do. I do share some personal stuff with them, and again, that goes back to yeah. allowing them to see you as a person who yeah. does stuff. And you know, you don't live at the school,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And interesting too, people won't believe this until you experience it, but it helps you with discipline and classroom management. You know, when you can say. That really disappointed me. The way you just answered me, or sometimes I would get on to them. I say, I can't believe you just talked to her like that. You know, another teacher, and it had an impact. But if they didn't care about me as a person, they're like, I don't care if I disappointed you. So I'm sure you experienced that as well. This just came to me. I want to ask you this, and and I don't want you to rag on anybody or anything. The teachers that have the most problem with students in your building, what is the problem? If you had to diagnose it. What are they not doing or what are they doing that is causing them to have the problems that they're having? In some
1: cases, they're just inexperienced in general, but I'll go more so to the experienced ones who are just petty and over this out for absolutely no reason. Just doing little petty stuff, little nitpicky stuff, stuff like that, that that annoys me. I mean, it's not because all you're doing is making it harder on you because now you can all this flag when you could just Okay, so what the kid submitted the assignment at three oh seven. I mean, it's little little petty stuff like that 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 annoys me. The inexperienced part—that's you know that you just have to you know get experience mm-hmm. and you know just take advice of other people. But right, I would rather deal with that having problems being inexperienced versus being experienced and just being petty and causing unnecessary problems mm-hmm. and unnecessary stress that you vent to me about when it doesn't have to be that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. So this just confirms more and more that the teaching community, we have so much in common because I would say some of the same things and then I would just add on there, just the lack of cultural awareness and, you know, understanding. Cause I think there were some times when something wasn't a big deal to me because I understood the background, you know, that that kid was coming from. And it's like, it's just not a big deal if you understood. So, so I, I think that that's a part of it as well. All right. So my last serious question is, You have aspirations for leadership. You already are a part of leadership and which is just a testament to power of black educators. My second year at my school, I was a team lead. I believe it was my second year. And so we do see when Black folks get into education, they usually, you know, succeed and they do, they do very well. My aunt was team lead at her middle school for over a decade, just did a great job there with their eighth grade literacy program. So for our listeners who might be Black and seeking leadership, what are some obstacles, if any? Do you see any obstacles that are in the way for Black teachers to gain leadership? Or if not, um, just tell us about the process of how you are climbing the education ladder.
1: Obstacle-wise, I think it's just important to, first of all, just be nice to people in general, because I know the situation where you know there's one person, they didn't care for the other person, but the other person ended up being in a leadership role and now it's kind of awkward because you were you weren't cordial it's not that right. they were enemies or anything it's just, just you know people not being as cordial as they should so because you never know who's going to be where, mm-hmm. you know just be just be nice to people mm-hmm. another thing i think is important to make connections with people me specifically i teach summer school i didn't teach it last year because i was interning but beside that i taught summer school and at summer school Oftentimes you meet a lot of central office people who you wouldn't normally see through the school year because again, our district is, so you may not see these people during the school year and make these connections. Mm-hmm. So I think it is important to get to know people and that that's just overcoming an obstacle itself just so, you know, people will know you and know about you. But uh, I think overall, I think it's just important to just be nice to people and be yourself and do a good job. And people are going to, like, for example, the PE coach that retired from my school, his son was not in education, but this is his second year now. But he just mentioned to me, hey, watch, keep, keep, out, keep out on my son, you know, take care of him. Because I asked so-and-so who was the best teacher on the sixth grade hallway or whatever the case may be. And your name came up, you know, multiple mm. times. So he's like, they might not always tell you that you're doing a good job, but they they notice, they pay attention and they're watching. So I think it's important to understand and know that people are always watching, good or bad, whether they say something or not, they're always watching. So just make sure you do your job and and just be nice to people.
0: I think that's a really good point. And you said what I was going to add on. So now I don't have to add on, but I was just going to say it in this way. Do your job, because I see a lot of people, they do all the other things you said. They're building relationships with other folks in power, but they're not doing a good job in their classroom. And so I think that's where it starts. You have to have both of those components, those things you spoke about, but also be that teacher that a parent will want their child in. So but let me ask you this in the process when you get hired. Are the people in the position to hire? Are any of them people of color? So the principals, the board—do you have a good representation of the people that would actually hire leadership?
1: Yes, we do have um, quite a bit, quite a bit of people in color. Okay, our superintendent—he's a black man. Deputy superintendent—she's a, a black woman. And then like our acting awesome. coordinator—she's black. So there's quite a few people of color in the district and in higher positions.
0: That's awesome, because I I think that that's one of the things It's almost like a chicken or egg problem. uh, If you don't have people there and then it compounds. um, So that's good to hear. And I wish you all all the luck. And I think that you'll make a great teacher leader. So curveball. Um, These are totally curveballs. These are things that I found on your Twitter feed. It's actually only one question. Describe in one word home ownership because for those of us that follow mortez has on i think it might even be your pen tweet of when you bought your first home it's describe it in one word is it a nightmare is it awesome what is it
1: (laughs) i was actually going to use the word awesome
0: okay good 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 what do you find awesome about uh, being a new homeowner well, first,
1: I have a lot more space uh, than, than I had in my apartment. I was I was looking at a, old, like a Snapchat memory from when I was moving out my apartment. I was like, dang, I'm so glad I you know, got a lot more space now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just, it's just uh, great. I think the important thing was I didn't think I was
0: prepared at first. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, okay, yeah, I'm a lot more prepared than
1: I thought I was going
0: to be. It's really funny how much our lives aligned and we've never met each other. But all your answers I could totally relate to. And also, I am a new homeowner this year. The thing that we were watching about space is the more space you have and the more things you get. And so so I am like trying to throw away things. You know, if I get something new, I throw away the other. And so to watch that, if if the more space you have, the more things you get. Okay, my last curveball, and then I'm going to let you go. If you have one, describe the impact of a black educator when you were in school. Who would you say had a impact on you for some of the same reasons that we already talked about? I went to a
1: predominantly back school, So I had several. Okay. And especially with me being language arts, like ninth grade, Miss May was just phenomenal the way she read, the way she interacted with us. And I was in the country too. Mm-hmm. A, lot, a lot of people were related. They knew our parents. And, and then in 10th grade, Dr. Nelson, she was just phenomenal. Her delivery was phenomenal. She was language arts. And then 11th grade, I had my cousin. <laughs> uh, my high school was six through 12. I was in sixth grade and she was in 12th grade. Mm. And then by the time I got to 11th grade, uh, she was my teacher. So I remember that first day I saw her and I was like, I thought she was just there you know, with her little sister dropping her little sister off. I was like, hey, Glacier. And then the teacher next was like, no, it's Miss Morris. I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't, re- I thought you were making a journalism. I know you want to be a language arts teacher. So having her as mm-hmm. a was cool as, as my cousin. And she actually just got national board certified the other day. So that's cool. And then okay. 12th grade, um, my language arts teacher was a black male. So that kind of sealed the deal. And He was young. He was, when he came to us, he was like 23, 24. So he was fresh out of college and wow. introduced us to a lot of stuff. And, and I had other great teachers as well, but with language arts, all of those that kind of seal the deal in.
0: Yeah, I've picked up all your influential teachers, or not all your, but your top influential teachers were ELA. So is that what you teach? It is. Funny how that works, isn't it? That's awesome. So for all of our listeners that don't know, I think Mortez and I both use the word Country that means rural, where we live. You say you live out in the country, (laughs) so I don't know. I don't know if folks out in California and Montana and all that. I don't know if they use country for out there in the in the sticks. We either call it out in the sticks or boonies or country. (laughs) So, So thank you so much, Martez. I really appreciate it, and I think that this episode is greatly needed. And I hope that even if someone is listening to this episode who is not a teacher, but they would like to become a teacher, know that we have a need for black educators. We have a need for educators, period. But black educators definitely do something for their black students. That is really important in building up their confidence and their self-esteem, as y'all can all tell that Mortez did, and hopefully I did when I was still in the classroom. So thank you very much. Thanks for rushing home. And I greatly appreciate it. Maybe we'll have you back on sometime again. I appreciate it. All right, sounds good. I want to go ahead and put in a quick plug again for my website, Teach This Teacher. But today I want to spotlight our blog. Y'all go check out the blog. There's lots of posts that help teachers with everything from if your district is going back to virtual learning or how to create grading rubrics. And one of the other recent blogs that we have on there is how to assess without a test. Check out our blog posts, leave comments, like them, and just check out our site in general. We hope to see you not only on our next podcast episode, but somewhere on TeachThisTeacher.com.